podcast of a Lincoln Geek is sponsored by Honey Badger Games, makers of edible gummy dice and meeples, and curators of a wide variety of specialist teas, based here in the UK. Head over to honeybadgergames.co.uk to take a look at their geeky treats. Hello and welcome to Podcast of Lincoln Geek. I'm your host, the Podcaster General, the Sussy One Supreme. It is the Dan. Hello, everyone. And thank you for tuning in to our little show about board games. Uh, today, I am joined by my regular co host. We've got Pete. Say hello, Pete. Hello, Pete. We need a new introduction for you, Pete. We do, we do. <laughs> the problem is, I'm not as sussy as you, so it's not like we can just call Sussy Pete. I mean, the sussy thing is such a meme now. I don't know if I yeah. can ever escape it. Ironically, no, I'm, I'm, all, I'm always good. Apparently, I'm still sussy when yeah. I'm good as well. So yeah, you're matter. sussy. doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. You, uh, you, you could, you, we, could, we could play that game you know, once a week for a year, and you could be a human every single time, and, and it, we'd still call you a sussy Dan. It wouldn't make I, any I could I could regain my my title of most frequent Cylon, and we'd still call you Sassy Dan. I think the, the, the trouble is that I just play these games like I, I will I aim to win by any means necessary, which often means I play yeah. quite aggressive, which I think makes me look sus. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Maybe I should like um, be ultra softy softy next time we play. Anyway, play it. we digress. We are also <laughs> joined by a special guest, uh, Dino Girl. Say hello, Dino Girl. Hello, Dino Girl. Hello. <laughs> Classic opening from both of you. There. Thank you. It um, had to be done. Solidarity um, with Pete. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, because uh, we have Dino Girl with us, we're going to talk about one of her specialist subjects. And no, it's not dinosaurs. And I'm sure are, <gasps> Shock horror! This time. I, I'm sure there are dinosaur versions of this available. There, uh, but, there are. <laughs> but, uh, we're talking about RPGs and how uh, story elements sometimes are incorporated nicely with mechanics, like how it works, or mechanics sometimes they go against the story, or how just kind of any interesting uh, kind of uh, experiences we've had with RPGs. I mean, me personally, I mean, I understand how mechanics work for an RPG, but how does a, ro- um, a rocket propelled grenade have a storyline? Can you tell me that stuff? Oh, oh, oh! You, you, you would start with uh, rocket propelled grenade. So, um, actually, depending on which um, RPG, traditional RPG, which is your role playing game. Oh, we're talking um, about role playing games. It's I'm a role playing game. game, yeah. Not, so, but but there there are some role playing games that do actually have rocket propelled grenades in them. Um, sure and if it, apparently, if you set one off in a very narrow concrete bunker corridor, you can chunky salsa. Some of your enemies quite um, quite nicely. Salsa. So so yeah, it took I, you I, love, I love the verb. Yeah. <laughs> do you also chunky salsa yourself if you're too close to the? Um, that depends on whether or not you've split the party and you've left your mage behind. I um, see. So yeah. <laughs> So don't I... you know you should never split the party? Yeah. Um, yeah. It depends if one of the parties is a Gungan, like happened on our uh, <laughs> <laughs> on our uh, our marathon uh, role playing session. Yes. Oh, speaking of the uh, marathon session, I have written, as per the request of our viewers, a Gungan Castle Run oh RPG for oh, our next yes. one. So um, everybody better start practicing their uh, their Gungan speak. Um, oh my goodness! So that's that's oh. going to be coming. Um, All we need is like some kind of Benny Hill soundtrack while we're playing. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be mental. Um, but well, yeah, so so RP, yeah, so going back to like RPGs and, and storylines and things uh-huh. like that. So so role playing games are basically a way of of telling stories. Um, and mechanics, in my mind, mechanics are there just to help you structure the story so that it's not just you going off on crazy, um, 
crazy wildness that 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 could never possibly happen you know you you do live in a world whether it's a fantasy world or a or a futuristic world and there are certain rules that you have to abide by you can't just suddenly teleport anywhere you want because that would be uh, that would be bad it's like oh no a dragon i'm just gonna teleport away um cheat codes on you can't do that yeah yeah it's like cheat codes you know it's like oh i can't afford the armor rosebud uh yeah classic bonus points if you get that reference yes (laughs) um so you know mechanics are there to sort of help um structure things a little bit um i am very much what we call a story role player Uh, and that means for me it is about the story um the mechanics um, of the RPG that I'm playing don't matter quite so much as um, as where we're going, what my character is up to, where my character has been, what they want to get out of the story. Um, I, I have played RPGs where it's been very much, oh, in order to do the simplest things, you have to roll dice all the time. Um, and, and that can really slow the experience down. Yeah. So, So today I kind of want to talk a little bit about times where mechanics really help um and other times where uh, mechanics really get in the way okay um and stuff so uh, i think the first thing first is um regardless of your different system we've got i've got some notes on some systems we could talk about in a little bit um it all really comes down to the gm and how good your gm is um so I think everybody who is a GM who's listening to this podcast uh, will remember the first time they ever ran a game and just how nerve-wracking it is. Um, because you're not just having to think of a basic story um, for, you know, your adventurers come in, they have to raid a dungeon, grab all the loot and a special item and bring it back to um, a person that's paying them for the job. Um, you know, that's 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 a really simple story to to write. What you have to do is you have to simultaneously write five other stories that could also happen at the same time um so there's there's loads of examples um online um one of my favorite uh, examples online is actually a parody of um star wars so if any is if anyone has ever read a comic called darths and droids um so darths and droids is star wars as if it had been written for an RPG. Oh, okay. okay. So you start with um, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon um, on the ship, and they're talking about, all right, okay, so I've got like three spare points. What do I do with these three spare points? Well, you can either have um, this little um, pistol, or you can have a laser sword. A laser sword? Who uses laser swords anymore? So, well, do you want the pistol then? No, no, I'll try the laser sword. Just give me the laser sword, it'll do. Um, and every time they do something really cool, it means that they've rolled really well. And then any time that they do something really bad, it means that they've, you know, it's it's, it's a critical so loss. So does it recreate the whole, um, like, the saga? It recreates the whole thing. And my favorite part is uh, where they meet the character of Jar Jar, who is um, played by the six-year-old sister of the GM. <laughs> which was just beautiful, in my opinion. Nice. Um, and and they're like, right, okay, so you need to get to the city. Okay, let's go to the city. And then the sister turns around and says, oh, let's go underwater and go through my underwater city. The GM's like, no, 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 there isn't an underwater city. Oh, and the player's like, yes, that sounds like a fantastic idea. Let's go there. <laughs> like, but 
I haven't written an underwater city. <laughs> no, let's do the underwater city. I don't want to do the underwater city. I haven't written an underwater city. I've got an overland thing for you to do. Yeah, yeah but the water sounds better. And they go off underwater, and the GM's just there screwing up this map that he spent hours <laughs> creating and covering in the bin. I'm you know, sure, I'm sure so, any real life GMs can relate to that. Real life, or, any person that has played a that, that has been a GM for any party of any size in any campaign ever written will yeah, understand the rules of. I mean, for you to go down corridor A, there is no corridor B. I'm going to blow a hole in the wall. Now there's a corridor B. God, I can't it happens. More stressful, especially with my friends. They find every way to troll me possible. Yeah, <laughs> playing these kind yeah. of games. Uh, I mean, uh, just to clarify, I mean, GM. You mean games master? Is, is games DM, master. Yes. Is DM the correct term, or is it GM? Is GM more so, general, so just for the layman D- out there? Yeah, so DM is specific to Dungeon Master from Dungeons and Dragons. Okay, cool. Okay. And GM is Games Master for for all of your other types of um, RPGs and things. So yeah, so so GM or DM, the term can be used um, intermittently, but DM is typically used for Dungeons and Dragons. Um, but they, they they play the same role. They're basically the story the 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 story maker. Um, so what they've basically done is they've created um, a book with um, a you know, a, a basic plot line and titles for chapters. And the players then help fill in those pages for each chapter. Um, it's kind of like the way to, to sort of think about it. So you have to kind of be prepared for the players to go, do you know what? I don't really like that way. I'm going to go a different way. Um, and this is where your mechanics and your rules can either help or hinder. Um, so if you have written a campaign where every move is set out in stone by playing to the mechanics and the story that you've that you've written you you basically sort of crunch hold your players you don't allow them to express themselves or or have free reign on a world that you've created um and it can actually make the the rpg experience quite limiting and quite boring um if um if you're and, and I think some GMs um, have come across this at least once where they've sort of gone, okay, they're going to walk into this clade and they have to do a perception check and they're going to go over here and they have to do another perception check and they have to do this and they have to do that. And it's almost like you're doing a step-by-step. Um, one of the original um, turn a page adventures where you, where you pick your own route. It's like turn to page 33. Books. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like you're doing that and it's not, um, you can't come off the page um as it were God. so, I, so I used to, those that i always used to consider like saving my game when i just kept one finger on one of the pages did anyone else do that post-it notes are brilliant because you just sit around and you go uh, like oh here's 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 the thing and you yeah. i'll write on the post-it note like do i want to go left question mark yeah and then i'll i'll look at that post-it note like three months later when i next get any opportunity to pick up the book and go why did i want to go left yeah <laughs> let's I go mean, right Let's do I mean, that. And it's like, oh, there's a dragon to the right. Oh, I should go left. <laughs> I mean, I mean, just before we go into any examples, you've got uh, Steph. I mean, my experience with RPGs. I mean, generally, I, I, mean, I wish I could play more because I, I love story games, but I just find them a bit of a commitment. I find it really hard to get a group going, especially since we've all become adults. <laughs> yeah. and real and real yeah. life gets in the yeah. way. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've only ever played one RPG, and you'll probably find it quite funny. It's based on you've heard of the GURPS system, haven't you? I think I have. Uh, yes. Uh, this version was called Twerps. <laughs> and so, it was kind so of... based on the D6 system, but but 
yeah it's, uh, i yeah. think it's uh, i mean i looked it up before we started it's it's the world's easiest role-playing system uh that's what twerp stands for uh and it's literally you just have one d6 as your stat and that's what you roll for everything yeah um, no. you may say i mean pete is obviously quailing in terror there because yeah. obviously he's, yeah but if you do roll a one or a two you're really low uh to balance it you actually level up quicker than the oh, other okay. players um so that's how they balance it so obviously if someone rolls a six and they race at everything they're gonna have a slower progression than the other characters and that's how they kind of balance it which i thought was an interesting mechanic uh really um i, I quite like that it it sort of mirrors life doesn't it you learn more when you make mistakes yeah yeah so I mean, obviously my cat—I rolled a two, so I wasn't quite as bad as you, Pete, but not far off. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's one of our group who, uh, any time that there's dice rolling involved, she just cowers because the dice hate her, um, and I, and I, she knows who she is. But I think this would be the the game for her that you know, rolling her rolling badly would actually be a benefit to her. I think uh, I think we need to introduce this to uh, yeah, to our lovely word nerd. Yes, definitely. I mean, I mean, Twerps was fun, but it's also one of the reasons why I'm always hesitant to start an RPG campaign, because we, we played it 15 years ago, <laughs> thinking about it. Uh, we, had, we had about three or four sessions or something. We got to, like, a cliffhanger, and then somebody moved away or something. I can't remember exactly why, but then the, the, the group just never got back together again. So the, the lack of closure is driving me utterly crazy, and that's the only <laughs> reason I um, am hesitant with RPGs. Um, yeah. Yes, Char- character development um, and swapping in and out players who come and go is yeah. actually one of the toughest things for a GM to do. Is uh, oh, this person just can't be here this week. Uh, okay, yeah. they are in a box and you can't open the box, but the box has got legs and it follows you around everywhere. Um, <laughs> and then when they come back two weeks later, the box suddenly opens and they're there. Um, you know, so it, it's quite difficult to. Um, explain where a, a player has gone, especially if um, yeah. you sort of end a session um, mid-fight scene or, or something like that before you can finally get back together and do it. And I've had um, RPGs. I had a, a Shadowrun campaign that lasted um, four years. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. And, you know, some of the stuff that we got up to in that was just absolutely insane. In fact, it was so insane that I started keeping a diary of everything that was going on. Mm-hmm. And I then turned that diary into a series of fan fiction novels. Oh, wow. Um, nice. So, yeah, so you can actually go to fanfiction.net, type in Silo Corden, and all of the Shadowrun stories that are in that profile were written by me based on what um, my Shadowrun team uh, were doing and what my char- from my character's point of view. Yeah. Um, you know, so sometimes the stories that you weave in RPGs can become actual stories, you know, that you can retail and um and, and and things like that so that's that sounds like an interesting way of kind of making it live on in a way you know and keeping track of what's going on i mean if they if they made shorter rpgs i'd definitely be interested I, I would love ones that kind of fit in like a single games night i mean you have mentioned before like one shot rpgs do you yes. have any examples of those yeah so so i've done a couple of one shot rpgs so yeah. uh, the one that um some of our um listeners might have is the one that I did for the May the 4th um, last year, which was the one-shot Star Wars campaign. There'll be another one-shot Star Wars campaign um, this year. Um, There are um, a couple of RPGs that are actually based on what what they call micro-RPGs, 
and they're meant to be done either with a very small number of people for a very short number of weeks or meant to be one-shot campaigns where everything is um, pre-arranged in terms of the character sheets and things like that. Because um, one of the biggest issues with uh, game mechanics is understanding the game mechanics enough to create your character sheet. Mm -hmm. um, and if your game mechanics are really complicated, so D&D is a wonderful system, but creating a character in D&D in 3.5 was a nightmare because you've got so many different skills, you've got different subsets of skills, different layers, um, you know, and, and just trying to navigate all of that to create a character in the first place. Character creation could take an entire session on its own and then some. Um, and the same with the um, the big ones as well. So like Shadowrun, which is basically D&D &D meets the Matrix. Um, again, it, it's you've got so many different classes and skills and attributes and things like that that you can you can add in. The mechanics get in the way of starting your story because you have to try and get your character to, to to fit using the the skill points that you've got. How do you create a character that fits in that world? Um, whereas some of the more simpler systems. Um, the, the GURP system being a, a, a very simple system, um, you know, your attributes and your skills is quite minimal to choose from in, by, in, in comparison. So it's very easy to create uh, very generic characters that you then use the backstory of your character to create the, 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 the completeness of that character, as it were. Um, okay. So, uh, so yeah, I've, I've gone on a tangent about <laughs> building and I've, I've lost the original conversation. It, it's, it's fine. I know there's a lot to talk about in this. I mean, I feel like we could make this episode kind of a two-parter in oh, a way. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, mean, definitely. I mean, I know Pete's probably got some interesting uh, stories as well. Oh, yes, I oh, do. Yeah. <laughs> we could probably, I mean, just in the interest of time, I mean, we could go back to Pete probably. Uh, but is there any particular examples of interesting mechanics in rpgs you wanted to talk about Steph, just for this topic and then we can finish oh, off with yeah. a funny pete story if you wanted so <laughs> so there's so there's been some occasions where um someone following the mechanics has ended up with a really weird storyline um so in one particular shadow run campaign we were trying to break into um this place and my character being um sort of like the roguey thief um persona went in and i rolled like really like really high on this uh, skill check to get the door open and the door didn't open and it was driving me insane and then george's character comes along and he decides to punch the door like i've got all of this special equipment and everything like that and his role because he got one extra point more than me he decides he's just <laughs> going to punch this thing open and it was like Dunk. <laughs> what why like it was a good role why did, why did it <laughs> fail it's like that's where the mechanics are like oh the door is a strength of x and you didn't roll X quite, but George did. And it's like, oh, so sometimes like the mechanics can sort of get in the way of um, uh, things. It's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. Oh, my God. It is. Oh, Mr. Chris is here. Hello. D dramatic entrance there. Chris. Dramatic entrance. Chris has literally ambushed us during a recording. Uh, Hello, everyone. <laughs> it's just the way it goes sometimes, isn't it? You'll, you'll have everything planned out you know and you think you know brilliant you know someone's got the right equipment to do the right job and then someone else just fumbles it without it yeah, yeah. i've also got the opposite of that though where the gm has written a story that they're so intent on sticking to that it doesn't matter that we've used the correct mechanics to get around it and go down a different path they've just not allowed it and this again comes down to a door and i'm going to really embarrass george again because george was the gm on this one 
we were in this shopping mall and we were trying to get out. Um, so like we'd got poison gas filling the bottom floor and we'd got people infiltrating in and we were like, right, we want to, we want to leave. So I was like, do you know what? It's a shopping mall. There's going to be a fire exit. So we found a fire exit. Now, for those of you that don't know, I am, um, health and safety qualified. So I know a lot (laughs) in and out of game about health and safety. So I'm like, fire doors open outwards. So Mm -hmm. I was like, I'll just walk up to the fire exit and walk straight out of the building. It's like, oh, the fire exit door's locked. (laughs) So so I'm there and I'm like, I'll tell you what then, I will, I'll kick it in. So I I rolled and I rolled an amazing roll. Like, honestly, I would have beheaded somebody if it had been a person. The door would not budge. So one of the other guys is like, well, I've got a grenade. Well, where's your grenade under the handle? And it still wouldn't open. And I'm like, what on earth? And George is like, well, it, it's it's a special, it's, it's got a really strong door. And I'm like, George, none of us are magic users. Could you not have just said there's a force, magic force field on the door? And we'd have had to have left it alone. But no, we went through this huge rigmarole of all these mechanics. He was like, I want you to go down this particular route. Well, then stick a big neon sign because otherwise we're going to go through the fire exit. You know, if there's a fire exit available, you go and use it exactly. rather than going another exactly. way. So sometimes, like, the story can be too rigid and, you know, you can't then use all these wonderful mechanics and skill sets that you've spent hours creating to your character to actually use. So It depends uh, yeah. from a GM perspective as well, though, doesn't it? Yes. Because, yeah. you know, how organised you've been about planning out your adventure no matter how planned and organized you can be, players will go against what you've planned. Oh, yes. You you missed, you, because you've come in halfway through the recording, like you've missed the bit where we've basically gone, okay, just ignore that bit. I've just spent ages creating this scene and you're just going to ignore it. That's fine. I'm just going to throw it in the bin. Um, Don't that... ever throw encounters in the bin. You can always reuse them. Well, you say that, but sometimes it just doesn't work like that. It's like it's a one-off. It was your one chance to meet this guy. You could have had this one wonderful gift, but no, you decided to go left. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so you know, sometimes the story can be too rigid. Sometimes the mechanics just don't work for the character. So the character wants to, to, to go off and do something that's outside of their comfort zone. Um, but then some, this is where GMs can be really great. If they see something that a player is trying to do and the mechanics either don't exist or don't fall in their favor, if the GM sees this as being a really great character development plot, they can turn around and go, do you know what? Let's do it anyway. Mm. Let's, let's see if we can make it work. Um, so on one particular campaign, um, we were being shot at from majors uh, with these lightning spells. Um, the the team were getting decimated. We were getting hit left, right, and center. Um, and me being the only mage in the party at the time um, that was still uh, like active and running around, um, it was like right, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna draw the lightning in, and then I'm going to push out the lightning. So I'm gonna redirect it a bit like um, uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender. You know, I am Zuko, bring it in, and then I take it out. Um, And there's no rules for that. Um, But Ben saw it, and he was like, do you know what? That would be amazing. He says, I need you to roll. He says, he made up a roll for it based on what he could sort of piece together from from the rules. He says, try rolling this. And I rolled really badly. 
And he was like, do you know what? He says, it was such a brilliant idea. He says, we're going to make it so that your character survives. And as long as you follow certain rules I'm going to give you for your character, we're going to use it as a character development plot point. And my character after that point um, ended up having a permanent mark, like an identifying mark, which was um, a negative uh, effect on, on the character because the, the lightning had scarred my body. Um, but it meant that I had supercharged my magic, but it would go off at random intervals like electric shocks um, all over the place that I couldn't control. And whenever he decided it would be funny, he would just roll a dice and be like, oh, you've just static shocked that. <laughs> like, we'd be sneaking through like this, like, like this corridor and he'd be like, whatever you do, don't make any sudden noises. And then he'd just roll this dice and we'd be like why why would you do it now he's like because it was funny you I know love i love that kind of flexibility yeah so so sometimes that's the experience of the game yeah well. sometimes if the mechanics don't work the story can come in and it was great for my character development and and this is the character that's in that fan fiction um set of stories if if, if you want to read up on them um and, mean, and, and stuff it, it's it, a it's a little off topic, but I've heard of that before. It's like called the rule of cool or something. If something's cool, yes. if it's not in the game, but it if sounds really cool, just do yes, it anyway. The rule of cool, uh, GM's sure, discretion. I think I've, I've seen it. I mean, it's a board game, so it's not really on topic. But I remember playing that with like Spartacus, the board game before. We just kind of made up our own tournament rules for our little fighters. Like there was, there's, there's no rules for like... Um, um, we had one person that was the champion. They had, they had the best fighter. So we just made up our own rule where all the other players could have like a one versus many fight, and it was just a really okay. cl uh, climatic ending to the game, even though there's nothing in the rule book about it. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, this so is just... a wonderful flexibility. I mean, Pete, you've got some stories from from D and D. Can I can I hear some of your yes, D and D sure. stories, please? So, um, one of my friends I used to play with uh, is a guy named Daggers. Absolutely lovely chap. I think you met him once, Dan. Very, very, very nice, nice guy. All, all up in Scotland. Um, his character, sorry, his character was an absolute maniac. <laughs> so I remember, I can't remember when this was. At some point, uh, we had gone to the local tavern, and Daggers, who was happily married with multiple children, uh, wanted the tavern wench. Um, so the was like. <laughs> Every DM tavern was, should have a good wench. Yep. DM was like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm cool with that. So, you, you know, you, um, admittedly, oh I, I, God, where's this going? Oh, so admittedly, I, I wasn't paying much attention to, to, to what Daggers did, but I'm guessing he, he made all the necessary roles. So the DM said, oh, yes, you know, you take in the lovely tavern wench to, uh, to the upstairs bedroom and you do the deed. And then when Daggers' character was naked and unarmed, uh, the DM said, right. The tavern wench turns around and reveals that she's actually a goblin and she's going to kill you. Um, God, it must Daggers, have been dark in there. Yeah, Daggers, it must have been. Daggers <laughs> managed to survive the encounter by himself. Um, and then Maniac Daggers kicked in because he started hacking up her body and shoving the bits out the window, which is going to be an absolute nightmare for the landlord to, uh, to clean. Um, he did that, came down and says, the following morning we carry on with our quest um, about... I think a couple of sessions later, these this little pack of mini goblins uh, attacked us. With one in particular, really had it in for daggers. Um, <laughs> I wonder why. Yeah, I wonder why. Uh, turns out that was her brother. Uh, he was her brother. He was her brother. Yeah, I got to go around. Mm -hmm. And basically, yeah, he was like, "Oh, you killed my sister." We were like, "Daggers, what did you do? Or who did you do?" We should say. Um, and yeah, basically, that the one fight. I remember another time. Um, I think we killed somebody. I think it's like wolves or something like that. Dagger had taken like the, the the skull of the monster. He like cleaned it off, prepped it, that sort of thing. 
went into a nearby village, saw a random kid, said to the DM, I give my freshly cleaned skull to that random kid over there, and just walked off. What? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> but the, the story I got back confused with was another time we had made camp, um, and Daggers basically was like, just started throwing bits of monsters into the, lo- into the bonfire, and the DM turned to him and said, right, okay, doing that attracts ghouls. All of you uh, get ready for combat. Oh, wait, you all, bar daggers, are fast asleep. Uh, have fun with that. And then we, <laughs> we spend an entire turn waking up and sh- grabbing all of our equipment. I swear and... this sounds like DM torturing, you know, this particular it, it, person it for being... The daggers effect. <laughs> the daggers effect, yes, I'll call it that. George! Oh, my God! <laughs> oh, they... Stop yeah, so giving quickly, ideas for future campaigns. Is, no, it's it's not that. Very quickly, um, there is a song called "Best Game Ever." Yes, um, there is, and it it's about uh, how they're going through this D and D campaign, and there's a and there's one of the players called George who keeps making these really bizarre characters that are just absolutely crazy, and they he keeps doing stupid stuff, and they keep killing him, so he keeps coming back as something else. <laughs> Daggers is your George. Yeah. I mean, we yeah, have a George. Our George <laughs> happens to be called George, but Daggers is your George. <laughs> That's what we call him, Georgie O. Yeah. <laughs> George <laughs> O. No, it's not. <laughs> we love you really, George. We love you, George. I'm so yeah. sorry. <laughs> There is one more story, actually. It kind of covers what happens when a player uh, leaves leaves the game. So um, my, my friend Dan, not our Dan, a different Dan. Um, you have more than one Dan? I do indeed no, have two Dan. best friends. Both Dan, Dan. Local Dan. Dan and Lincoln Dan. Dan, that's a trustworthy name. I like it is, it. yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Notice Dan says it's trustworthy. <laughs> Um, so yeah, he, he joined joined because he was interested in D D, but he's not really a big fan of fantasy fiction. He's more I think he'd be more more down for like Shadowrun or Cyberpunk or that sort of thing. But he joined us for a few games uh, and he played Druid. And um admittedly he misread his character at first and thought he could transform into a bear. So very first combat, he turned into a bear and ate someone. I thought it was pretty metal, but that's just me. Um but yeah, like I said, he only only stayed around for like two or three sessions. But we decided to have his character follow us for a bit. Because uh, he wasn't sure what he was doing. So he said, right, okay. Dan's druid transforms into a dog and just follows the party, um, licking its balls. <laughs> and, and we, like a dog does. Yeah, like a dog does. For example, like the DM said, right, everyone goes to sleep for eight hours. You wake up, uh, uh, what, you see the dog is licking its balls. You wake up eight hours later, the dog is still licking its balls. <laughs> um, and then we got into a fight with Shia LaBeouf. You fought Shia LaBeouf. We fought Shia LaBeouf. So there's a song called Actual Cannibal Shia LaBeouf, which is an absolute banger. I highly recommend it. And someone has turned that Shia LaBeouf into a D&D monster. This is true. Um, this is true. <laughs> I, I've, I've shown Dan the, character, the monster sheet. So uh, we decided to fight Shia LaBeouf because uh, he, he, he attacked us. And I think, I can't remember exactly what happened, but one of the characters, I think a mage, uh, went to, went to uh, hit Shia LaBeouf with a fire spell but they rolled so poorly, the DM said that uh, the attack not only missed Shia LaBeouf, it went past the dog, burned off its testicles, and burnt its tongue. Um, his first time is gone, no! <laughs> now, admittedly, like, Dan never came back. I think it wasn't his cup of tea. And I think some people had said that it's really unfair to sort of uh, discard his character when he wasn't there, which, in retrospect, I do kind of agree. But on the other hand, 
It was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, it was hilarious. I, I have, I've, I've had the, the the pleasure of writing off characters before um, and things like that. Um, and sometimes if I can't do it in game, I'll do it in the write-up. So I, mm. um, I'm going to pick on George again. Um, <laughs> one, of, one of George's characters for a Shadowrun campaign is called Kakador, and I hated it so much because he... He never stuck with the party. He went off and did his own thing. So from my character's perspective... Oh, the rogue warrior. It was... Yes. It was like, he's never there. Like, I don't even know who this guy is. He appeared once, broke down a door I couldn't get into, and then wandered off for the rest of the game, came back at the end for a big fight, and then was like, hey, mates, how you doing? Um, You know, but from my character's point of view, like, we didn't see anything that he did. Obviously, when when we're actually playing in the game, um, Ben, who was our GM, would take George one side and say, "Right, this is the bit that you're doing. You need to make these roles." So we knew what he was doing, but in in character, we had no idea who this guy was. Um, so when it came to actually writing up my little diary notes into this story, I was like, "Do you know what? I'm just going to write him out entirely." I didn't write him out entirely. I put him in as like this sort of plot twisty um, thing as to reason why some of the mechanics in the game that we couldn't figure out how how they were going to work were actually going to like make sense. But yeah, no, I've I've actually written people out of RPGs. <laughs> and it's mostly been George. Well, I'm so sorry, George. <laughs> you do what you got to do. <laughs> you do what you got to well, do. Well, it's... when when you gotta go, you gotta go. Yes. I've also done the opposite. So one of the other characters that I've um, had to write about, the guy playing him was like, oh, you can't see me, I'm invisible. And that was all he would ever say. It's like, okay, p- prepare for combat. He's like, well, I've already, I, I get all these extra bonuses because I'm invisible and they can't see me. <laughs> it's like, Argh! and it's like, you're in this room. What do you do? And he's like, oh, well, I'm invisible, don't matter. Um, what was he playing the invisible man it, yeah well yeah so it, everything he said was that, like i'm invisible i'm invisible i'm invisible it's like we know you're invisible um you know it got to the point i was carrying a bag of flour around just to throw over him occasionally <laughs> just to make sure he was still there <laughs> just, just to make sure that he was still there and it's like has anyone seen Wisbit? i was like how about let me get my flour no no i'm here i'm here <laughs> but uh when it came to actually writing up the story i needed some dialogue with this character otherwise people would just forget he was there and i ended up writing him as like one of the best characters the feedback i've had from the fan fiction groups are, oh we love wisbit wisbit's one of our favorite characters i'm like have you any idea how boring he is in real life <laughs> <laughs> that sounds hilarious but, well yeah. i i feel like we have hit our time box but i could easily make this a two-part oh, yeah. oh yeah yeah no I'm, I mean... I'm more than happy to come back for another session just just talking experiences and stuff yeah. Well, it's always always great to talk to you guys, and uh, thank you again, Steph, for joining us. Just before we finish, Pete, is there anything else you wanted to add there before we? Uh, um, I'm kind of with Steph on this one, where I think story does te- definitely make it more interesting than I think mechanics. Uh, partially because every time I roll, I usually hurt myself rather than my opponents. Um, uh, and, well, we 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 talked about that many a time over, and we'll talk about it many a time again. But I think the only thing I will say is that when I play D anD D, I was very much a I have no idea what I'm doing meme because I was just completely out of my depth. I wasn't really sure what to do. Wait, wait, I, wait, wait. That, that's Chris's tactic. I was going to say that's my line. <laughs> well, for example, like my, my, I basically just just took the the the, the stock warrior character because I have no idea what to do with him. Um, I actually came up with a really interesting idea for the, for my character, storyline-wise, for our next session. But after we did um, the, the year-long campaign, um, a bunch of my friends all worked for the same company, or did at the time, I should say, and they all suddenly became very, very busy. So the group went from about seven, eight strong to about four or five. 
Um, and like my, my, my plan was to play the brother of uh, my first character. Now, I'm a very big fan of Final Fantasy, and one of my particular favorite games is Final Fantasy VI, or three, as some people in the US will call it. Um, and two of the characters in there are Edgar and Sabin, who are brothers, who um, who, who are the, the, the princes uh, of, of a kingdom. And the story goes that Edgar flipped a coin that was rigged so that his brother Sabin could go and become a monk. I just love that story, and I love monks. So I wanted to have my two characters be similar to Edgar and Sabin, but they despise each other. So my idea was that I would have these two characters who would keep missing each other, because if they were in the same room together, they would just completely butt heads. But I would flip between these two characters between different sessions. And then, say, for example, Dan came to visit me one weekend, and we decided to do a session. I could say, okay, here's one of the brothers. You can play him for the session. Um, granted, the two characters would then be at each other's necks. But like the idea I had was like, um, I'd switch out one for the other, and they go like, "Oh, you guys met my brother? Oh, he's an absolute jerk, wasn't he?" And just like, see what the pie would say about him, or something like that. But as <laughs> like I said, like that was like the only real idea I had for him. Um, but other than generic, he was like a nobleman whose family had died. Yada yada yada. Very very cliche stuff. Like I said, it was I was completely like uh, I meant to give him a backstory. Like I think at one point he didn't, didn't even have like, a god. And someone said to me, you do realize that, you know, gods exist in D&D. He should have a god he worships. I'm like, uh, well, I like Conan the Barbarian. So, Krom? Can you worship Krom? <laughs> <laughs> he can know the secret of steel. We're cr- crossing it. the genres quite a lot there. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the beauties of these types of games. You can really yeah. kind of make it your own in terms of backstories and get your creative juices flowing, can't you, really? Yeah, because... I, mean, I, I feel like I'm... we could talk about this all no. day, but sorry, Pete, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, um, similar to Steph, um, I have taken some of my old D&D characters and sort of integrated them into my own artworks. One of my... In fact, my old fighter is actually going to be a side character in one of my projects that I need to really get on and actually work on. Um, and I've I've been sort of I've been thinking about um, drawing some of my old D and D encounters, mainly with daggers as like like little mini comics, and sort of like to get get practice doing comics. So, yeah, and I, I kind of like the idea of like taking your D and D ideas and expanding beyond the um, just like you know like like the 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 evening or so that you play the sessions because, as you said, it can get your creative juices flowing and it can lead to some really interesting stuff, um, artistically. Yeah, that's great. Well, I'm going to have to put a cap in it, guys. Otherwise, the, otherwise the editor might put a cap in me, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'd like to thank you all for uh, talking. Uh, thank you, Chris, for your surprise entrance there halfway through. Aha! <laughs> Aha! A random Chris appears. Aha! Uh, thank you again, Steph, uh, for uh, some really interesting stories there. I know this is one of your expert subject matters, so it's I always fascinating it. talking to you. We just need an RPG about dinosaurs and we'll be all set. Oh, right? Apex. We, we, so we, there we, is. There is. There is. Dino well, Riders, Apex. So uh, I did a review of it if you want to check it out on the website. Or we could just leave you talking for a couple of hours about it. That'd be fine. <laughs> 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 well, thank you very much for everyone for listening. Uh, thanks again, Pete, for being a regular co-host as well. As always, always um, have to tell those stories, especially of daggers being daggers. As you do. The dagger, the daggers effect. I've got a name for it now. Yeah, the daggers um, effect. <laughs> uh, so, and, and just to finish, uh, to finish with the plugs, we're going to go to Chris. Go for it, Chris. Oh, so for anyone who likes and enjoys the podcast and has missed maybe some of the earlier episodes, you can, of course, go and check on the, um, at the back catalogue on the website, which, of course, is doalg.co.uk. Or if you type, like typing in long things, diaryofalinkingeek.com. Also, remember, we're on all the social media platforms. Yes, I do try so hard to cover them all. If I've missed one, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I haven't found our MySpace yet. No, nope, not doing it. What? Come on, MySpace. No. 
I love MySpace. <laughs> MySpace is dead. <laughs> I love MySpace. My, I had a llama on MySpace that you got to feed and everything. It's great. That's great. We're bringing it back. No. Yeah. Well, we taught you coding. It was great. Uh, on, on that note, I'd like to thank you all again for listening. Uh, if you're walking the dog, doing the dishes at home, whatever you're doing, uh, thanks for listening to our little show about board games. And an always, as always, keep gaming, everyone. Yeah, Bye. keep gaming. Bye. Bye.